Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. In this podcast, we hope that you get the opportunity to connect with other homeschoolers for encouragement, tips, and fellowship. Like Sunlight's curriculum offerings, we will explore homeschooling through the lens of a literature-rich, Christ-centered education. Join us on this adventure. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is the importance of summer learning and how to make it fun. I am so excited for this topic because I feel like sometimes when you talk about learning and fun, they don't always mesh, but we're going to talk about exactly how to make a mesh and um, a little bit of tips and tricks to get you through the summer months with your kids. I have with me today, Dina and Judy. Dina, welcome. Hey, Stephanie. How are you? And tell us a little bit about your homeschool. Yes. So I am a homeschool mom of 10 years now. So a decade. I've got four kids ranging from 15. My oldest just had another birthday. They just keep coming and (laughs) (laughs) can't stop them. And um, my youngest just turned nine. And so uh, we've been homeschooling for a long time, absolutely love it, and wouldn't have it any other way. That's awesome. I'm so excited. Dina wrote a lot of the blogs about that we're going to be talking about. So there's a ton of resources that Dina's wrote for our blog that you can find out there as well. So thank you for that. Judy, welcome. Hey, Steph, it's good to be here. So I'm Judy, and I'm Sunlight's marketing sales manager. I'm also a retired homeschool mom. Um, had many, many great years homeschooling with sunlight. And now we have a second generation in our family homeschooling with sunlight. So obviously we enjoy this curriculum. Very good. And I'm Stephanie Rose. I'm the community manager at sunlight. Today, we're going to be talking all about how to make summer, why summer learning is important and how to make it fun. Yes. Yes. It can be fun. So we're going to talk about all this kind of stuff and more. Um, I'm really excited to offer you some practical tips and tricks to get, make sure that you have a productive summer while still resting, which is important. Mm -hmm. So, um, let's talk a little bit about what the summer slide is. We talk, we talk briefly about, um, you know, that topic, but it really is a real thing. And it is the reason summer learning is important, continued summer learning is important. So let's talk a little bit about what that means. Judy, well, do you- Summer slide basically is what happens when you take away the schedule and you take away uh, the school books and, and the math books and the spelling books and you set your kids free uh, with no restraints. <laughs> so the summer slide means um, when August or September rolls back around and you lay that math book in front of that child again and they look, at it like it's written in another language because they've slid through the summer and they have lost uh, what they learned the year before. Absolutely. I will say that that's a really good reason right there to just keep a little bit of learning going. Also in the fall, there's an entire, in public school and homeschool and whatever way you're educating your children, there's an entire first section of math and language arts that sort of review what you learned the previous year. And if you continue that learning, 
that will be a breeze. You can breeze right through that section, which is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit about reading and why that's important. Well, I, I love Judy's explanation of uh, the summer slide and it never fails that those uh, math facts are the first ones to go over the summer, but also uh, progress in reading is a huge summer slide uh, subject. And there are two subjects in my homeschool that I never want to actually consider subjects. I never, ever, ever want my kids to hear me say that they are subjects. And that is Bible study and reading because that is not just a school thing, that is a life thing. And I want them to know that Bible study and reading continues through your whole life. And so in the summertime, instead of making it feel like more school reading, we try to just enjoy the reading. And so with reading, um, one of the things that I always do with my kids is there's no required reading over the summer. You read whatever you want, when a, you know, any book you want. Um, I don't even care if you go, if my third grader goes to the preschool books and gets a preschool book. I mean, go for it. If you want to read it, you read it. And um, that is one thing that I have done that kind of keeps summer interesting to them. And of course, my kids all love to read, so they, they enjoy it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I can't have any say over what they read because there are ways to kind of maybe point them in the right direction, I'll say. And one of the things that I like to do is keep book, book baskets around. And so I'll put, um, you know, I'll pick a few books that I think each of my kids would enjoy. And if they're just kind of in sight, there's a good chance that they'll pick them up. And so I do that and then I'll, um, I do, I love you books. We don't buy toys for our kids except for like Christmas and birthdays, but I am a huge book buyer. The bookstores love to see me coming, but I will go buy uh, some books, you know, for the kids and I'll leave it on their bed for them when they come in. And that's just kind of my little, I love you present is, is a new book. So that's one of the ways that I kind of keep reading to the forefront. Um, But I will say one more way that I think is pretty important is to make space for them to read. It's real easy in the summertime to just kind of let things happen. And before you know it, you're at the end of the day and you haven't done anything. And so even though summer is more relaxed, I still like to have a routine. And so they know that every day after you know, lunch, we will all sit down and read together, you know, and, and we might all have our own books, but everybody drops everything and reads, And so that just kind of keeps that routine going in our, in our school, even though it's not school, (laughs) I would never say summer school. (laughs) (laughs) There are also a lot of places that you can um, hook up with a summer reading program. Local libraries have them. Um, Pizza Hut still does their Book It program. Um, And that's been going on ever since my kids were little. Um, Pizza is a great way to incentivize kids to read. So um, lots of good summer reading programs out there. And if there's not one accessible to you, then make your own. 
for sure. I still remember the book it buttons. <laughs> mm, yes. <Duh. laughs> yeah. They also, I think Dairy Queen might do something too, that you get a free mm-hmm. baby cone when you read so many books. So yeah. definitely look into that. Visit your local library. They're opening again and they have entire programs. And also mm-hmm. don't forget to get those summer readers from Sunlight. Mm-hmm. We do yeah. the age appropriate um, gender summer readers, and they are just great resources. My kids absolutely devour them. So they love them. And I would add that another place that I like to get, um, good books for summertime is the sunlight warehouse sale, which y'all have run a lot that, you know, just, I, I think I saw it not too long ago, but that's, that's a fun place to go to get some, maybe some retired readers. Yeah, absolutely. That's very true. Um, Let's talk a little bit about how, like we talked ideas of how to encourage, but maybe like, you know, practice, like, don't forget that you can read to a grandma or, you know, if you need read aloud practice, there are ways to do that. Do you guys ever um, have your kids do that stuff? Read to a pet? Pet? A sibling? Yeah siblings yep for sure there's definitely ways for for you to get that for your child to get a little bit more comfortable with their reading skills and also maybe for summer just drop a little level below like uh dina was saying like it's okay for them to pick up a preschool book you know so Mm -hmm. if they're a struggling reader like i have i always drop it a little bit lower for the summer and i say here these are just fun for you to read so that's good we also used a, a really fun free app called Marco Polo. It's a video app. And my grandson will often read to me oh, um, on a daily basis um, using Marco Polo. And so I watch for the little notification to pop up on my phone that I have a, a Marco Polo video from him. And he reads me a book and thinks that's great fun. So you've got kids that love technology. Um, doesn't cost a thing. And yeah. they can utilize it to read to you. Yeah. My sister, um, when, when we were growing up, my sister would actually go over um, to a homebound elderly person's house and read to them every single day. Mm-hmm. And it was so beneficial for both of them. And it was a way that she served someone. And also, I'm sure that my mom was thrilled that she was practicing reading too. So that's a win-win as well. Absolutely. That's a very good point. My grandma is blind and she, that's one of the things she misses is just reading. So, um, yeah, definitely get them over to great grandma's house and have them reading, you know, I love that. Um, okay. So we don't want to call it school. (laughs) Not at my house. (laughs) right. But how can you create a environment of summer learning Let's talk a little bit about practical ideas on how to create it and how to make it fun. What do you guys have? So for, for my family, we, I try, I strive to keep a, a, a flow to the day because like I said earlier, if you don't, you just kind of piddle your day away and it's gone. And so even though it's summer and it, relaxed, we still try to have a routine. Um, and so like in the mornings, we still meet for our, um, Bible study and, and couch subjects. Now, you know, 
like I said, it's much more relaxed. So it's usually something that we enjoy talking or reading about. A lot of the time we'll talk about current events a little bit more in the summertime. And we just have a little bit more time to explore things that are happening in the world. Um, and then we, I really try to make it really light. Um, with math, if you've got a struggling mathematician, I love those right start games. I mean, I keep the book on my desk all the time because none of my kids will fuss if I pull those out. They all love to play them. Um, and so we pull those out and play in the summertime. They actually pick them, those games, you know, it's not just, hey, let's sit down and play this math game. It's mom, can we play corners today? You know, and so we try to do a lot of that during the summertime. Um, and then I try to bring them in when we cook lunch. And I don't know if, you know, many people do a lot of cooking, but that is math, lots of math. It's fractions, it's learning to divide things, multiply things. Um, and so we try to do a lot of cooking in the summer and nobody complains about that either. Um, but we kind of just try to keep a little bit of a routine. So we, we make lunch together, we read, we all read together in the afternoon. And I'm not saying we don't have free time. They have lots of free time in the summer, but they know that we're gonna meet back up at lunchtime and after lunch. And we might meet back up and do this special activity after you know a little break or something. But we try not to make it too official, but there's definitely still a flow. I think you can create those intentional um, opportunities for your kids to learn that don't involve a textbook or a workbook. Um, like Dina was talking about cooking and baking, we also used to always uh, plant a garden every summer. Um, I mean, there's their science wrapped up with a bow for you. My kids had their own little garden plots and, and we used to look through the seed catalogs and decide what they were going to plant. And, and we learned about keeping them watered and keeping them fed and weeded. And, and we enjoyed eating whatever their crop was in the fall. And what a great opportunity to talk about uh, photosynthesis and sun and rain and all of those things without ever opening a textbook. Absolutely. I love what you said about schedule versus routine because I feel like we've said it before and I, I still find myself saying it, like I need a schedule for the summer, but it's really more of a routine. It's really a very loose routine of what to expect every day. So I love that you said that, Dina. And my son just expressed interest in um, building a robot. And I was like, you know, we can, we can do that. Like it'll, it'll be very, um, basic, but we, we could learn how to do that. We could program, we could do some coding, you know? So because he expressed interest in that particular thing, I, and he is such my struggler. So I'm like, embrace what you like, like, let's work on what you like. So I love the idea that he's going to get that chance this summer. And that's, that's a, a good point as well. Ask your kids what they want to do. You know, let them have some input into what goes on during the summer. Much of their school year um, is your decision, but they could certainly, you know, talk to you about the things that they're passionate about and they want to explore or try. 
Absolutely. We also have unit studies, right? We have unit studies coming up. So um, the Olympics are this summer and they're in Japan and there's a unit study, free downloaded unit study that you can download from Sunlight. And, um, you know, maybe there's some extra books from F that you'd like to include because F is the study of um, the Eastern world. So that's definitely something that you could do. There's also travel guides. We have travel guides to Monticello and to the um, like Williamsburg, I forget, historic triangle, historical triangle. Is that what it's called? I can't remember exactly, but Williamsburg. <laughs> anyway, so you could, I mean, those things are outside. They are open. You could take a small trip if you're close to there and enjoy those historical locations. And like I said, we have these travel guides, you know, even museums are starting to open up. The zoo is starting to open up all those extra things that maybe you didn't get to do last summer. Those are, you, you know, if you go when the zoo is cert, like, if you go on a random Tuesday at lunchtime, you might learn a lot about feeding animals and what they eat and all those things that are science, undercover science, you know, which is great. So don't forget to explore your surroundings a little bit as well. Let's talk a little bit about life skills. Life skills are important and we're probably working on them more than we think, but what about life skills during the summer? So I, I liked um, how you talked about your son saying, you know, what he wants to, he wants to build a robot this summer. And that's kind of, uh, Judy mentioned, ask your, ask your kids. And so this year, um, my, my oldest son, first of all, his goal for the summer is to get a, his driver's license. So he's halfway there already. So I think it's going to be, that's an easy goal to, to hit. But um, then he also wants to become lifeguard certified. And so he wants to take a CPR class and he wants to go through the lifeguard course. And I, I think that that is a great space for exploring, um, you know, especially at that level, exploring things that you would like to, to do. At a younger level, you know, my kids, robots, and my younger son is an outdoorsman, so he's wanting to take a survival class and all of those things, you know, so we'll be looking into our parks, um, our state parks for things like that. But so much of homeschooling is just accessing resources to figure out what your child enjoys and, you know, what they want to learn more about. And so that's, that's you know, times 10 in the summer, I, I guess. One of the things that um, I was very intentional about with my kids was um, once they got old enough and, and had some proficiency with using the stove and the oven safely, um, we started moving towards, and oftentimes summer was a really good time to practice this. They started working on menu planning and they would make a grocery list. They would go to the grocery store with me. Um, they would put the stuff in the cart and total up how much they were spending before we got to the cash register. Then they were expected to cook the meal and clean up from the meal. And I'll be totally honest, as my kids got into junior high and high school, I went for a good number of years without having to cook for my family because that was their contribution to being part of our family team 
was each one of them got one or two nights a week where they were responsible for um, making the meal for us to eat. And so that's a great summer project to teach them how to um, menu plan and grocery shop and um, doesn't have to be scheduled. It can just be something they can have fun doing. That's a really good point. I have a daughter who wants to babysit. And so I'm, I'm encouraging her to, I mean, she's old enough. She's certified. Okay. Go out there and make money. But the other part of that is budgeting. Like you're not going to spend all that money. And so I can teach her a little bit of that life skill um, at a relatively young age, uh, how to budget, maybe, you know, giving and um, how to save, saving goals and all that stuff. So because you might have those older kids who are just starting to make money, it's a really good opportunity to offer that up as well. Um, But like anything, I mean, if you have a child who's interested in cars or maybe Dina, when your child starts learning, you know, how to drive and you want him to learn how to change the oil, there's videos for that. He can Mm -hmm. learn how to change the, I don't, I don't know how to change the oil in my car, but it might be fun for someone who's interested in it. Um, yeah. Anyway, so there's a lot of different ideas that you might not realize you have more time in the summer to focus on. And you mentioned, Stephanie, and, and some people, I wasn't aware of this until um, my oldest daughter got to the appropriate age, but your daughters can and sons can be Red Cross certified to babysit. Mm-hmm. So check with your local Red Cross. Summer is a great time to go through that class um, and a good thing to have under their belt. Absolutely. I mean, that will come in handy for babysitting, but also like just general, you know, yeah. if she decides she wants to do any, if she wants to be a coach somewhere, you know, that's really good mm-hmm. stuff to have um, as well. Are there any other last minute summer ideas we have that we can encourage people? I think personal safety is a good thing to focus on in the summer. Water safety and fire safety and vehicle safety and kitchen safety, especially if like Dina's doing with her kids, a lot of cooking. Um, Spend a little time, do a little unit on how to do that safely. For sure. Yeah, and just just have fun, I think. You know, we want to remember to have fun with it too in the summer so it doesn't feel like school. It's got to be different, a little bit different than school. For sure. And if you're new to homeschooling or if you're thinking about homeschooling, the summer is a great time to give it a try. Um, We do have a Try Sunlight for free. And it's a great time to sort of go through and see if it would work for you and um, just incorporate a little bit into your day to see if you guys enjoy sunlight and the literature-based learning. So that's also another um, opportunity you can take if you're new to sunlight. I appreciate you guys being here and sharing your ideas for summer learning, not summer school. We encourage you to take a break, but also keep some sort of routine because it will help when you're going back to school in the fall. And thank you, ladies, for sharing your wealth of knowledge. Thank you.